There's something about Jackson that's just, oh my goodness, it, it just draws me. You know, in fact, that was one of my wife's biggest, biggest hurdles. My wife's from here. And the only thing she wanted to do when she graduated college was leave Jackson. She married a man who didn't want to do nothing but stay in Jackson. You know, I wasn't raised here, so I, and I saw, I, I see, just see so much potential. You know, Jackson can offer so much. We just have to find what we have to offer. This is Soul Sessions, conversations on culture from Jackson, Mississippi. I'm Kim Lewis. And I'm Paul Wolf. And we're bringing you a look at the people, places, and events that make us the city with soul. Today's guest is a legend in the city with soul. You're talking about Gino Lee of Big Apple Inn fame on Ferris Street. Big Apple Inn, Kim. That's right. Big Apple Inn. Tamales. Pig ear sandwiches. You're making me hungry. Let's just start the show. Let's get to it. so much for being here today with us. Uh, if you could tell me a little about you and what you do, I'm sure our listeners would love to know. I have the coolest job in the world. I, I get a chance to feed hungry folks, and that's just a passion of mine. Um, I actually, when I, when I was younger, I always wanted to go into ministry, and I am still in ministry, but now my ministry is through food. I was, I was born here in Mississippi, and my mother and father said they were going to raise a child here in the South. My mother came here as a freedom writer. In fact, she's in the museum over there. It's the only Asian woman on the wall in, 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 in the oh, Civil wow. Rights Museum. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, she's in the history books. If, you, if you're from Mississippi, you studied Mississippi history. She's one of a, a group called the Tougaloo Four. And she was part of that group. And they went down to the bus station, the Greyhound bus station, which was located on Lamar Street at the time, and sat in the bus station, didn't sit down very long at all, and was arrested right away. And since she was Asian, they said, well, we're not going to arrest you because you're not black. She demanded on being arrested. <laughs> and they arrested her and put her in jail. And during that time, the Big Apple Inn, um, my great-grandfather and my grandfather ran it. And what they would do is they would they would bail who was ever arrested, any freedom rider, out of jail and wow. take them to the house, feed them, give them a change of clothes and tell them to go out and fight some more. And my mother went through all that. And when she um, met my father, I guess when they came to the house and she got her change of clothes and her meals, my dad said, oh, who's this cute little girl? Here? <laughs> you know? Well, anyway, they got married and I came along in 1965 and they refused to raise a child here in the South. So we moved to Kansas City, Missouri right away, and mom and dad tried to find a place there to live and found a cute little house, and the realtor wouldn't let them buy it because the neighborhood wasn't integrated yet. Like, oh, wow, we did all this to get up here, so moms, forget it. We're going overseas, and we moved overseas, and um, we lived in Germany until I was a junior in high school, so I was raised overseas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is, uh, I mean, what a global, uh, to have a global experience growing up, I mean, it really was neat. It, I mean, Paul, it was, it was so cool because my fa- mother and father are both educators. My father was a principal of an American school. Their mom was a teacher. So we had the summers off. We had an old lime green Scooby-Doo VW van. <laughs> and we'd take off in that van. You know, they had the summers off because they had three months off for the summer. That's how long school breaks were at the time. We, and we'd go from country to country, spend a month in Spain, a month in France, a month in Holland. You know, and we did that every year during the summer. You know, and growing up, you didn't realize how cool it was until you got back over here like, wow, I miss all that. How impactful has that been on your life? Very impactful. In fact, you know, it's neat. It, it brought the, it made the world a little bit smaller. You know, people, you know, even though the world is a lot smaller now through social media and all, but I mean, physically smaller, how we can actually travel around. You know, I, I would recommend travel to anybody. In fact, my oldest daughter is um, going to go study abroad next year and I, and I push her for it. You know, just it, it's a great idea. Yes, yes. Now, you mentioned that you moved back here in 
junior high? Um, junior in, in, in high school. Oh, in high school. Yeah, 11th okay. grade. Now, what brought your family back to Jackson? Well, the closest high school um, that I was going to was two hours away, so I didn't live at home. And I was in the dormitory, and my brother was getting ready to enter high school age, and she said she wasn't going to have two kids away from home. So we came back to the States and came back to Mississippi, and they figured, you know, things were a little better. And um, came back here, both mom and dad remained educators. My uncle was running the Big Apple Inn at the time. Well, he got sick, and they were going to close the Big Apple Inn. And um, this was a few years later. I had already graduated from college, and I was a stockbroker at the time. My, my father was a principal. And um, instead of closing the place down, we quit our jobs and said, let's see what running the restaurant's all about. We knew nothing about the restaurant business because that's always been grandfather and uncle and great-grandfather, their, their job. So um, we jumped in. Dad did it for a good five or six years, and I bought it from him. You know, And so I've been down there almost 30 years. <laughs> so it has truly been in the family. That's, that's wonderful. It has. Yeah, we just celebrated our 80th year. That's amazing. Yeah. So the name Big Apple Inn, you've got to explain where it came from. I know as someone who moved here from out of state, my first thought was New York. It had to have something to do with the Big Apple. I've since learned different, yeah. but if you could share that story, that would be wonderful. Well, um, my grandfather at the time this was in the in the in the mid to late 30s he considered himself one of those really cool hipster guys um hipster means something different now but back then he wore zoot suits you know what i mean that big hat yes. with a feather and and the long chain with your watch dangling at the end of the chain and he loved to go to the juke joints at night and just and just dance and dance and dance well his favorite dance at that time was called the big apple and he named the restaurant after his favorite dance of all things <laughs> That is that's one of those little tidbits that everybody really likes. Yeah, to, and it to caught know. on, yeah, you know. And yeah. like on the front of my car, you, you know, you can only fit um, six or seven letters on your on your personalized license plate, and it says B I G A P L, and it's oops, Big Apple. Some people say, "Oh, Big Appeal." Oh, yeah, that's me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know but um, you know, Big Apple, and everybody stops me. You, you're from New York, <laughs> you know. In fact, I did a food show in New York a couple of years ago, and um, the headline was in the New York Times: "The Big Apple comes to the Big Apple." It was really neat. <laughs> And we keep saying Big Apple, Big Apple, but for people that are unfamiliar, and I don't know how that's possible, but maybe it is, uh, you, you actually brought in some tamales for us today, and they're so delicious. Tamales, and, and what is it, though, that you're so famous for? Tell me that. Well, we're, we're famous for our pig ear sandwiches. People come from pig everywhere. Ear? A pig's ear. It's an actual pig's ear. It's not just a cute name. It's a, it's a pig's ear. And um, people come from all over. But the tamales are really neat, Paul, because that's how we got started. We got started um, with the Big Apple from the tamales. My great-grandfather, um, he was a very tall, four foot eleven man. <laughs> and the thing was, um, he was about as tall as he was wide. He was the same size. All in fact, you know, when he, the doctor told him to get in the shape, he chose a circle. <laughs> but um, he was too big to do anything else. So he said he'll make his money making his mother's hand rolled homemade hot tamales. And he stood in the corner of Ferris and Hamilton streets back in the mid 30s and made his homemade hot tamales and sold them out of a tin drum on an open flame. And in 1939, made enough money to open up the open up the Big Apple Inn. Well, actually, he borrowed some money to help open up the Big Apple Inn. And at the time, there was um, just fruit, vegetables, and tamales. And then the smoked sausages came later. And when he'd go to the local butcher to pick up the smoked sausage, um, the butcher would tell him, listen, John, I'm throwing away all of these pig ears. I'm doing nothing with them. Do you want them? My great-grandfather's not going to throw away anything. So he figured out a way to cook up a pig ear. And um, if you boil it for three days, <laughs> it'd get tender enough to eat. And that's how pig ears became part of our menu. Gino, before the break, we talked about the famous Big Apple Inn pig ear sandwich, and I heard a fun story from our previous Soul Sessions guest, 
David Lewis about that sandwich. Can we roll that clip? So I have this really great story about Gina Lee. So we had Mavis Staples in March here performing. And when she was on stage, she kind of stopped. She she didn't stop the show, but she was just talking. And she was like, every time I'm here in Mississippi, because she's from Mississippi, she's like, I always eat these little sandwiches, these little pig ear sandwiches. And I have not had any since I've been here. So I don't know what we're going to do about that. And I looked over at my friend, Dan, and I was like, I'll be right back. So I texted Carlin Hicks and I was like, Mavis Staples needs pig ear sandwiches ASAP. So uh, Carlin calls Gino and I get this message back. It says, Gino says they're going to be ready for you at the Ferris Street location uh, in about nine minutes. So I get in my car at Thalimar Hall and I drive over there and they were ready for me and he gave them to me, no charge. I took them straight to Mavis's uh, debt, like to her dressing room. And her agent said that she was thrilled about it. She went straight to that bag because she knew that they were there and she just went right in because she was so thrilled that she got some. So that was a huge thing that, you know, Gino was able to help make that moment for somebody who's going to go out and rep our state and rep our city and, and tell this, hopefully tell this story about how she got some bigger sandwiches. Fulfilling dreams for Mavis Staples. Talk about a cool experience. It was really neat. So they called me. I called the restaurant and we had some picker sandwiches sent down there to her. <laughs> and I don't know if she ate them on stage or not, but um, we, we received a letter back from her later. You know, thank you for the picker sandwiches. Oh, that's much fun. So your original location, I say original because you have more than one, is on Ferris Street. And with it's been there for so long. Can you tell me a little bit about the history there? The history of Ferris Street. Wow. Um, it goes back to after slavery days. You know, after slavery, when, um, when, when the slaves were set free, they had to settle somewhere. And in the Jackson area, they settled on Ferris Street. Everything on Ferris Street was black owned, black operated and black built. You know, all those pretty buildings down there with this neat architecture. No architectural degrees. They just needed a building and they just built it. And it's really neat. They had their, I mean, their own everything. And in, in fact, Ferris Street, it's, it's actually a district. It's a commercial district um, a, um, and a residential district. And it's still the largest district in the United States that's intact, um, African-American historical district that's intact because we still have a commercial district, very small commercial district, but a very large residential district um, still. And um, we have a lot of churches that are still in operation. But Ferry Street at the time was, I guess, was you could coined as a little Harlem. You know, it was um it was it was hopping. It was a two-way street and it was walking room only, of course. I don't remember it, but my, my father and my grandfather and great grandfather used to talk about it all the time. How when people got off the train station, or off the train, which was two blocks away, the first place they would come if you were black was to Ferry Street. So it was a it was a happening street. And Medgar Evers' office was right above the Big Apple Inn. Is that right? It was. It was. Medgar Evers' office was above the Big Apple Inn. In fact, we wondered why. And his brother Charles said it was because that was where everybody gathered and it was a safe place. And in fact, when Medgar's office was so small, it was like a 10 by 10 square foot building. And Medgar would have um, his meetings inside the Big Apple Inn because his office was so small, he couldn't fit. Like when the Freedom Riders would come to town, he'd have to meet with them. He'd have the meetings inside of the Big Apple Inn. So with all of the history that you have now in the restaurant business and in living overseas, traveling abroad, um, being raised in a different culture, um, what is it that allows you to do what you do in Jackson, Mississippi? I mean, you could be anywhere doing what you do, but what makes Jackson special in a place that you want to conduct business and live with your family? There's something about Jackson that's just, oh my goodness, it it just draws me. You know, in fact, I'm that was one of my wife's biggest, biggest hurdles. 
my wife's from here. And the only thing she wanted to do when she graduated college was leave Jackson. She married a man who didn't want to do nothing but stay in Jackson. You know, I wasn't raised here. So I, and I saw, I, I see, just see so much potential just here in Jackson. I see, you know, an untapped, you know, one of those diamond and rough kind of things. You know, Jackson can offer so much. We just have to find what we have to offer. I think, I think tourism is our, is our, is our, can be our draw. And I think it should be our draw. We have so much to see here in Jackson. We just have to uncover it. Do you know, Jackson is such a welcoming place and dare we say diverse. Uh, how does the diversity and the ability to uh, live into that that mantra of diversity, how does that affect your personal life? Diversity is. Wow. How can I explain this? Diversity is so big with me and my family. First of all, um, I am a, a pastor also and at one of the only diverse churches, churches here in Jackson. You know, um, that's something that um, that you don't see too much in the South. Um, we are our kids. We chose their school based on diversity. Um, I mean, every decision that my wife and I make, we choose because of diversity. You know, um, Jackson is still a very segregated city. And just like we're a very segregated state, we're moving. We're, we're moving ahead, you know. By leaps and bounds, but I think there's still so much work to do, and that's why I that's why I want to stay in Jackson. As far as the Big Apple Inn, we're we're seeing now a little bit more diversity. Um, the more media coverage we get, the more the word Big Apple Inn gets out there. You know, um, I think we see a, a, a larger diverse crowd. You know, we still have a long way to go, but I think that um, I think Jackson's making 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 bold moves. Gina, one of my favorite questions to ask our guests is um, 24 hours in Jackson. You've got someone who's never been here. Aside from a pig ear sandwich at Big Apple Inn, where do you take them? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right. It's, it's not an easy question. Well, Kim, I'm, I'm such a foodie. Oh, my goodness. I love, I love local eats. In fact, we plan our vacations, my wife and my family, we plan our vacations around food. Good, I'm um, not the only one who does that. Yeah, then. Okay. even my kids <laughs> do the same thing. I have a, a junior in college and I have a soft, uh, a freshman in high school. And they are, in fact, my, soft, my, soft, my freshman in high school has a bunch of kids coming over tonight. She's already given me a menu of stuff to bring to bring home, <laughs> you know, from different restaurants. I mean, just, we're just all foodies. So I think I'd hit the local food scene, man. I'd hit some of these really cool restaurants, Cultivation Hall, um, some of our hidden gems, bullies, you know, um, some of the restaurants that have been around forever. Um, that would be my my first thing. And then next, I think I would hit some of our great museums. You know, um, when my kids were little, they always loved going to the museum. It's like, aren't you tired of going to, this, going to the Natural Science Museum? But they never got tired of it. You know, they could go there every weekend. And now we have the great museum like the Civil Rights Museum and the Old Capitol Museum. And as I mentioned, um, the, the Natural Science Museum and the, and the Kids Museum. I mean, we have so many museums that, that capture Mississippi history. You know, and what we're all about. If you want to learn about Mississippi DNA, hit some of our great museums. So I think that's what I would do next. Feed them first, get them happy, then take them to, and show them what some of our culture is. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I would do. Yeah, that's an excellent way to do it for sure. Gino, you mentioned that one of the three things that you have at your restaurant is a tamale. And why tamale in Mississippi? That's not something you would typically think of as a, a food staple here. You know, what's so funny that you mentioned that now tamale of all things, tamale is so known 
in Mississippi, of all places. You know, and the reason why is because, you know, after slavery, somebody had to work the cotton fields. Our locals weren't. So Mexican migrants came up here and they would work the tamales. I mean, to work the, work the cotton fields. And with them, they brought their local cuisine. Now, they couldn't find um, the corn matzo, which is needed. And that's just a corn me a corn flour mixture. They couldn't find a corn flour to make the tamales. But in Mississippi... There's an abundance of cornmeal because we put it all over our catfish when we fry it. So the Mississippi tamale is something different. So when my great-grandfather came here, he would get his meat and his cornmeal mixture and make a tamale. You'll notice that a Mexican tamale is so different than a, than a Mississippi tamale, and that's because of the corn cornmeal. Now, we make our tamales out of turkey. And uh, because turkey holds the flavor so much better, we make it out of turkey and then we spice it up with all fresh ingredients and and then we use a cornmeal and a corn flour mixture. And when you steam it, oh, man, that makes an incredible tamale. You brought these in for a little snack. And I think I'm just going to have to have like second snack, early lunch, something. Exactly. Uh, these are, these are coming back to the office with us. Oh, Absolutely. man. Yeah, they're, they're, they're addictive. But you got to try a pig ear. Think about it like this. The way I would describe a pig ear is a pig ear is imagine bacon that's not cooked all the way. You've had soft bacon before. Uh-huh. That pork flavor and a lasagna noodle. Biting into both of those at the same time, that's a pig ear. Okay, okay. Pork that, that definitely and a takes some yeah. of the, um, the apprehensiveness away from it. Garden and Gun Magazine, uh, an issue a couple of years ago, said one of the top 10 things you have to do before you die is eat a pig ear from the Big Apple Inn. Well, then I better get to it. That's right. Not meaning you'll die afterwards. <laughs> Gino, tell us more about where we can find out about you and the work you do in and around the city. Well, I'm always I'm at the restaurant every day. You can come see me at um at our, either either one of our locations. I'm back and forth at, between both places every day. Um, and our, our original locations on Ferry Street, and it's a beautiful street. I would love to, you know, if, if you come down and want to want to meet me or talk to me, I'll even give you a tour of Ferry Street. We do that quite a bit. We have a lot of tour groups that come down from out of state, and um, we give people tours of. Uh, 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 around Ferry Street, um, or at our North State Street location. Um, you know, just um. I'm at either one oh, every day. Now, here's what we're loving in the city with soul, a segment where we talk about a place or a thing that's got us really excited about Jackson. Today, that love gets shared with the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum. What a wonderful museum it is, Paul. We have people travel from all over the world just to come to our museum. And, you know, Gino spoke about how his family personally is involved, was involved with civil rights and he's still on Ferris Street. Our politicians, even in speeches, talk about the Civil Rights Museum as world class. People from all over tell them what a beautiful place it is and what a meaningful place it is. And it's right here in our own backyard. Yeah, you've got to go by the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum is attached to the Museum of Mississippi History. It's open most days. We'll put some information in our show notes so you know where to go and when to go. And they have always special exhibits on tap, too, and special programs for the community. Stop by and tell them you heard about it on Soul Sessions. Soul 
Travel Sessions is hosted by me, Kim Lewis. And Paul Wolf. Our show is produced by Visit Jackson in association with MWB Studios. Our executive producer is Ricky Thigpen. We were recorded and mixed by Parker Brewer. Our theme music is by Tania Sanders, recorded at Malico Studios right here in Jackson. Special thanks this episode goes to Gino Lee, Jonathan Pettis, Tim Mask, Mark Leffler, and Josh Bird. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, I'm Kim Lewis. And I'm Paul Wolf. And that's our show. Thanks for listening to Soul Sessions. 